Hello everyone, I'm PJ, co-founder of vegan shoe brand Foncen, and this is Foncen Voices. Foncen Voices is a podcast series where we give a voice to the next generation of leaders and explorers. In each episode, our guests share everyday stories of living out their values through work and creativity, offering their own definition of sustainability and ways of thinking long-term. These interviews are insightful and empowering, inspiring reflection and action. In this podcast, my co-founder Susie and I had the pleasure to chat with Alex Poliz. We became friends with Alex at Moo, the design printing company. By day, Alex is a software engineer at Bulb, a renewable energy company. By night, she's a singer, composer, and what I call an artist of life. She studied neurosciences at John Hopkins in Maryland, computer science at Imperial College London, and co-founded Some Whimsy, an art-slash-screen-printed t-shirt company. Born in Delaware, Alex is a full-stack experimenter, and her backpack is always overflowing with musical instruments. From reporting the news of a fictitious island in her newsletter, to drawing her own album covers, her mind is a coral of bubbly ideas. While some of them just pop, others take full shape, and when they do, it's a thing to witness. In this interview, we talk about how she, in her own words, enjoys sitting inside her computer, how handstands change her life, creating a business, shopping on top of Mount Kilimanjaro, and her favorite pair of shoes. You can follow her on Twitter at AlexPolis. Recorded prior to the pandemic, this chat was not meant to become a podcast, so I apologize for the sound quality. I re-recorded some of the questions in an effort to make the interview more linear. That's why you might hear the audio jump every now and then. We hope you enjoy its vivid contents nonetheless. Alex started doing handstands in her living room, so we asked her to tell us about her practice. It makes you happy. Yeah. It makes you really happy. Like, I, I don't know. I, feel, I honestly feel like maybe, and I'm, I, I can't prove this, but it may have changed my life. Wow. It's definitely changed my life, actually. Doing handstands has made me realize that anything is possible wow. if you just practice. So it's, is it the achievement of doing it, like wanting to do it and being able to do it, or is it just having that as a routine in your day that's changed your life? Well, both. But I think one, so to, to answer the first part, like the, the achievement part, like when I first started doing it, I would like do like this. And just like that was really hard. Yeah. Like even like I did yoga all the time, but like I could not figure out how to like get my body to... Mm move in that way um so to see that like something that's usually reserved for children like gymnasts and children mm-hmm. possible for me made me realize like wow i can do anything mm-hmm. if i just practice but doing it every day is also really fun because it's i haven't i can't just get up and do a handstand and be upside down for like 15 minutes and like separate my legs and put it back together like I have so many more I have so much further to go Mm -hmm. but it's like a thing that I actually want to do Mm -hmm. and get better at so I do it all the time 
In the following segment, I asked Alex about her experience at Moo, the startup where we met. What did you put forward? I mean, what what uh, it was just the background in development that they, they were interested in. Yeah, and from yeah, and I I basically they were not going to pay me very much, and it was like a <laughs> internship job, <laughs> and and the CTO, um, Mike. Like Hashtag. Mike. No. Nothing. Mike Nettle. Yeah. He was like, hey, look, you know, we'll give you a shot, and if we don't like you, we'll just fire you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, cool, that sounds good. Yeah. So, I mean, it was my first real job. Yeah. I think for a first real job, it's a really nice job as well. Yeah. It's, mostly you're just doing stuff that. Um, is a catalyst to the, the thing you want to do. But this is actually directly in the thing you wanted to do. Which yeah. Is yeah. And it was good because I got a lot of experience, like or uh, introduction to like people being, s I think it was important to see people being silly at work. That was mm -hmm. cool. I didn't, I kind of thought that all jobs, people would like wear tans and grayscale and like bring their own lunch in like Tan. a brown paper bag. <laughs> What did they wear? Tan. Tan, like tan colors and grayscale, ah. like pencil skirts and like really, really like modest heels and like cardigans and be like itchy all the time because there's like a a hook stuck in their back that they can't they can't get rid of even if they pull their tights over their skin and like I just thought that everyone would just be using Windows computers and like I would hate everything about working. I thought it would suck. So it was really cool to have like people just like the creative team just like making crazy videos all the time and like I remember reading the Moo manual like the thing that they give you when you join and being yeah being blown away by the copy and yeah. being blown away that they put effort into making like a here's where to go get coffee. In the following segment, Alex tells us about how she focuses her attention when she codes. I have this sense that if I'm not coding. Um, and if I'm not, if I'm not sitting at my computer with code up and with the command, the terminal up and with, with GitHub up, I'm not doing work because I'm not like that. They are, they're paying me to produce code. code. And so I, I end up trying to eliminate all of the distractions that I have. And coding is really fun because it's like very immersive mm -hmm. and you begin to be able to visualize what's going on. Like the commands you type have like a, almost like a visual side effect in your mind. Like mm -hmm. when I'm like pushing code up to GitHub, say, I like can sense that and I can feel that. So you end up like just kind of like taking this journey through this, like the computer and just like writing some stuff, moving it around. And it really, really feels like that's what you're doing. And I guess like on top of that, it, it's, it's really, really helpful if you just can't, hear what anyone else is saying because it's one of those things that takes a lot of concentration to think about and it's so nice to be distracted and so it's oh yeah okay you really really don't want to be distracted mm -hmm. so you just i just put my headphones on which and then i yeah put on bruce springsteen or german hip-hop and try to like drown out everybody else because everybody is saying much more interesting things that my my short-term brain thinks are much more interesting that is your my short-term brain like my 
my like, how do you call it? My like dumb brain thing mm-hmm. thinks that like the conversation over there is more interesting. And and um, is producing code how they measure your performance? Is it like everything they look at or? Actually, no. And I would say I've like never gotten a promotion and I've never gotten a bonus. And then when I got it, they said, the reason you're getting this is because of your code. It's kind of like, I don't think they would say that about anybody. Mm -hmm. It's really about the effort you put into like creating value by like creating tools that everyone can share or like bringing forth Mm -hmm. problems that you're, you're seeing that other people might be seeing and coming up with solutions to them. But in order to do that, you need to have extra time. Mm -hmm. And so you need to like get your work done so that you can be like, Hey guys, I saw that like this thing is erroring. Wow. So you need to like complete your day to day tasks, create time for something else and then do that extra. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not a thing that I like attempt to like, it's not like, oh, at the end of the day, I'm going to come up with like some suggestions. It's just, if you don't feel like you're on top of your work, you're not going to take the five or 10 minutes yeah. to like survey your team and come up with like a new, yeah, a new exactly. way to solve problems. So would you describe silence as the best setting for you to work in, like to be focused? Or are there other elements that make you really get the flow? You know, I used to really struggle to work with headphones on listening to music. It used to be like I would listen to the song instead of doing the work. Mm-hmm. But that has really changed. And now listening to music is like the thing that makes it really easy for me to focus. So long as I already know what I'm doing. Even with lyrics. Even with lyrics. In fact, I pretty much only listen to music with lyrics when I'm working. That's probably a one really good reason to listen to German hip hop, though. It's like nice to not have to, or like things that I recognize as well, things that I've known. It's not that. Yeah, think about it. Yeah. Alex was wearing a Kilimanjaro sweatshirt during our chat, so I asked her about her experience climbing the summit. Here's what she had to say. The sweatshirt is really fun. It's a fun sweatshirt. So this, I'll describe it. It has a, it has a Mount Kilimanjaro patch on it, which is sewn on. It wasn't, I didn't buy the sweatshirt with the patch on. And the sweatshirt was originally pink, like really bright pink. And I dyed the sweatshirt black. And actually beneath the Mount Kilimanjaro patch, there's a seahorse. And it says something like sea rodeo. <laughs> the underlying message of the sweatshirt. It's very complex. Um, but because it's dyed from pink to black, it really suits, doesn't it? It looks like a girl guide, like an old girl guide's jumper. Yeah. And it has that kind of brownie, worn, yeah. um, <laughs> historical quality. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. But it's like cropped and fun. It's yeah. very soft. Um, yeah. It's honestly, it's a great, it's a great little piece of clothing. So did you happen to have the ink, uh, or did you just like purposely go went to a shop and said, "I want ink, black ink, because I need this <laughs> sweater to be black right now." That's exactly what I did. <laughs> I went to the art shop. And I well, I wanted to dye this, and then I ended up dyeing like five other things because I was like, "Why not?" Um, but I went to the art shop and got black fabric dye. Yeah. And did you get the patch as a reward after climbing up there? Well, they don't give you a patch, but it's kind of funny. 
So you climb Mount Kilimanjaro and it's seven days up and two days down and you don't shower and it's for some people tumultuous. And then you're done and you leave and they drive you to an enormous Tanzanian only made gift shop. <laughs> and you haven't seen or used money in nine days and you don't even remember, like you, you just kind of go wild. So we ended up just buying so much stuff. Because you're just excited by civilization. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, like, wow. <laughs> I can and use they this. know. <laughs> yeah, I can use this money to trade for goods. Before you shower or we feed you or you rest or sit down, come through our gift shop. This is the touch point where we're going to rape them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I had a lot of, I bought a lot of things. And everything I bought, I really, I mean, well, 60% of what I bought of like. So just to sum up, so you had this pink sweater with a seahorse tag, mm -hmm. and then you said, no, I don't want this. I want it black, and I want to replace the seahorse, which I'm not ready for, with a Kilimanjaro tag. Yep, that's exactly well, what happened. I didn't expect so much story out of <laughs> This is better than the, the Buddha. <laughs> But if you had to call out like uh, one brand that you swear by, that, that you really enjoy buying because of maybe its looks, but also its values or something that just uh, lures you easily. Patagonia. Patagonia. Yeah. Patagonia really captivates yeah. me. It's weird because, huh? I mean, I don't... It's like a couple of things I want, like, I don't know, I'd love to get like their water bottle or their cap or maybe one of their um, cool uh, backpacks. Yeah. But a, uh, there's not a specific piece of um, fashion or a garment that I'd love to uh, possess. But it's just the brand. But the brand just yeah. makes it uh, because of everything that's behind. Yeah. And, and I mean... Because of everything that's behind, which is very deep, but the most shallow thing also, which is that their logo and the font that they use is so addictive and beautiful. There are some, like, really, really, um, how do I describe it? Like, almost, like, childishly drawn mountains that are the Patagonia Mountains in Chile. And they're, like, layered with pink and black and white and maybe one other color. And the font is, like... Kind of like font, it has like almost like a prehistoric, but also at the same time like children's movie vibe going. Mm. It has like this interesting mix. It's like very playful and sturdy. Mm. I think there's something really good about the name being a place mm. that brings you somewhere and allows you to like subscribe more easily to it. It's like, this is what we're doing this for. Mm. Mm. You're doing this because of mountains. Yeah. And these are some great ones. Alex also manages a business, so we asked her about it. Yeah, so my company is some whimsy and we make whimsical t-shirts. Um, the, the, the whole thing started because um, my friend Mir and I really wanted to do, we wanted to work on something together. We wanted to work on an art project together and we wanted to learn something new. Um, and so we got, we sort of, started doing screen printing. She lives, she was living in Switzerland and I would go to Switzerland and screen print with her. And then she'd come to London and we'd screen print together. And we 
did that back and forth for about eight months. And then eventually we were like, Hey, why don't we try to sell these? I think that would be another like additional layer. Um, and it's been an incredible learning experience, um, to, to have a business and to be able to sell the things that we make. It's really like, it's been really cool. Um, it's also been cool because we've had to make a lot of decisions and I guess we, we chose to use like organic fair trade t-shirts, which was really fun. And it's nice that you can just do that. We live in such a cool time. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's only the tip of the iceberg for us. It's been like such a bumpy, interesting process getting a business going. And then like, it's like, once you get it done, that's not the end. That's not the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like things are going to keep happening unless we do them. It's Mm. like a child and you have to feed it Mm. more like a plant Mm. or yeah. And how do you want to feed it more? Well, what do you want to feed it? I think one of the things that we should definitely do is like make our website. Not, I don't want it to look more professional. There were air quotes around that. I don't want it to like look super professional, but I, and I want it and I want it to look quite grungy. Like you go on it and you're like, what's this? <laughs> that's what we want. I think I, that's what I want, but I want the, <laughs> I want, I love, I love, I love that. Uh, what's this? <laughs> Like between the weird and the beautiful <laughs> and the grotesque. <laughs> and why, why is that important? Um, because I want it to be not, I don't just want it to be like a t-shirt site where it's like, buy our shirts. Because like the point isn't for you to buy our shirts. It's just that we want our art to be able to be shared in a way that people can see it. And if you like the thing that we have, the thing that we've drawn, then buy our shirt. But like, it, I want the first page to never be like, a model wearing a shirt. I want it to just be a bunch of art mm. and I want there to always be a blog and I want that to be like a really important thing. Like that's something I would love to do is do an entire website of like made up history. Oh wow. Oh. Like just, just like come up with an idea of like how something came to be and then write extensively about the history of it. And maybe be picked up by the media. And like people would be like, holy shit, we never knew. Like the one, the one that I like me and my friends postulated about when, when I was in Oxford one time was I, um, I was telling the story about how I was like on, on the, getting on the tube and this little girl turned to her like grandma and was like, grandma, because the person was being like, mind the gap. And she was like, grandma, why do they make the gap so big? <laughs> And, and we were talking about this and we, we came up with this amazing idea that they make the gaps really big so that they can like push British culture and create this like symbol of Britain, which is like the mind, the gap, yeah, the voice, the voice. Yeah. And oh, like, I thought you were going to say that you have to cross the water. That's a really that could also be part of it. Come to me, but mind the gap. So it's 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 making a reason to use this like authoritative British voice, yeah, to make you feel like you you know where you are. That's like a symbol, and so like maybe it started off that the gap's really big, but then like the gap lobby combined and like joined forces. And have been pushing, even though technology has advanced and they don't need to make the gaps big anymore. They just push for the gaps to continue to be big <laughs> at the detriment of people's health. Like over 150 people get injured every year 
because of the gaps, but the gap lobby hides that information from the public. (laughs) I also asked her about a pair of shoes she could never let go of. Here's her answer. To me, a low top is like my Adidas gazelles, you know, super low. These are, these like come up to like here. To the ankle. To the ankle. Um, yeah, and they're, they're red, white, and blue old school leather uh, Nike Air Force 2s. So what's the difference between an Air Force 1 and an Air Force 2? It's think just it, a series. Uh, it's part of a series. I wish I knew the answer to that, but I would, I feel like it's probably like that, like, I just have this sense that a buckle is involved in the Air Force One, like a strap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know if that's true. I'll look that up and let you know. And where did you find them? I found them in a, um, I found them in this place called Goodwill, which is in the U.S. Charity shops are like a bit different than they are here. There aren't so many different brands of charity shop that like have specific causes. Mm-hmm. It's more like there's just giant stores but there aren't that many of them it's not like on the high street there would be like five like there are here there'll be like one really big one and one one of them is salvation army and one of them is goodwill and did this goodwill then divvy up the funds to different charities from there yeah i think so i think so i mean it is in a in and of itself a charity so in some way that money is mm-hmm. going to charity and they hire people who don't wouldn't otherwise maybe have an easy time getting a job because of like physical health or mental health requirements and the clothes are extremely cheap they're never priced like i used to buy like designer handbags for like five dollars like it would it would never be like we know this is expensive yeah Hmm. which is english charity shops yeah um that might have changed actually i mean i would imagine that maybe that's changed but it was really nice, and there was there was always really. I used to almost only buy stuff from those stores because I grew up in such a such a like boring town that there were no cool clothing stores. So that was the coolest clothing store. Yeah, the best access cool. to yeah. something different. So when do you wear those uh, Air Force ones? What occasion? When when is like the go to kind of reason? Um, I think it's like it's a nice day. And I think it's usually a weekend. So they make how do they how do they make you feel? They make me feel like I'm like 15 years old again, and I've got nothing to do but like exist and walk around and like bumble around my neighborhood, like picking up sticks and throwing them on the ground, and like seeing if the turtles are out at the lake, and just like driving my car to go buy a box of crackers because there's nothing else to do, which is like my favorite feeling is just feeling like I have nothing, nothing to do and I can just be creative and interested in whatever. And I like that feeling. And the (laughs) shoes just really bring me back to like, I've worn them for so long, but I can still feel, I like still have the imagery in my mind of being like 15. And weirdly, I think I'm more like I was when I was 15 than I, have been since I was 15. Mm. And so they they make me feel like that that part of me is even more like mm. exaggerated than it. And do, do you, um, is your day different? Like when you put them on, like will you, you live more like a 15-year-old? I bet I do. Um, they are so playful and they've got such a thick 
sole. I mean, I'm just speculating because I, of course, I don't know. But, like, they have such a thick sole that, like, kicking things is really easy. They're really good for playing hacky sack. Um, yeah, my, my, one of my boyfriends in high school got me a red, white, and blue hacky sack. And um, I've, I've been hacky sacking. With that sack the whole time? Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And it's, it matches my shoes. Oh, oh, wow. Really cool. I read, I wrote a blog post about that, too, called Anonymous. <laughs> people thought they were going to read about uh, Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> the secret mystery behind me playing Hackensack. <laughs> That story, oh, that's so sweet. That story makes me think of um, uh, Fred Rogers. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, when he, he starts his show, he always like put Do you hangs. Know him? You know Fred Rogers? Anyway, he, he had like this show for kids, and every time he would start the you show. You mean Mr. Rogers? Yeah, Mr. Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. You call him Fred? We <laughs> <laughs> you know him <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've never. I've seen a documentary about, about his life, but. Um, So yeah, I know him about, uh, as Fred. Um, <laughs> but I remember that every time he would start a show, he would hang his coat and put on his play shoes. Yes, his sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just to like show that he was like he was in a different spirit. Yeah, he was relaxing, getting on the children's uh, level. Mm. But it's so sweet. Yeah, Such a sweet gesture. Oh my gosh! Very uh, intelligent. Mm. Yeah, he's so smart. Yeah, lovely man. You did? Did you see the? No, I still need to. My my Airbnb, the Wi-Fi doesn't work, but I really want to watch. Maybe I'll try to. Maybe it'll be on the plane. Who knows? It's if I'm lucky. Very moving. Yeah. No, but just yeah, you can download it. Yeah. Well, um, I want to ask you a bit more about like the shoes. Like, describe why you love the shoes. Like, I guess it, it's about, like, how you feel, but, like, is there an aesthetic thing that you love about them? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, as a, like, a side note, I wonder if this is the right answer. Not that there is a right answer, but, I, but I'm just going to say that. I like that they're worn out. I mm. like that the white leather is brown in a lot of places. And were they always like that? From, from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ever since I had them, they have been like that. I And I like that they're almost like puffy, like they're like exaggerated, like Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, mm. like a bit, a bit exaggerated, like unnecessarily thick lining, probably, mm -hmm. and unnecessarily thick um, like leather, or I don't know how they make shoes. And I like that the heel is unnecessarily tall, like it's, it's... It's a heel. I am mm -hmm. taller in the shoes. Mm -hmm. And I think all of the exaggerated qualities make them way more playful. I also like that they're red, white, and blue. Like, of course they are. Somehow, of course they are. Like, America is so funny. There are so many things that are red, white, and blue. And when I bought them, I, like, didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, they're kind of Americana. Oh, but do you think that's, like, just... Encoded into your DNA, it's just like innate attraction to red, white, and blue. 
Well, it's almost, I would say it's like sort of yes, but also sort of the opposite. Like I don't even see red or I didn't used to see red, white and blue mm-hmm. as being weird because it's just everywhere. People just really celebrate the American flag and like American colors and American things so much. And, and you're just, you're told from a very young age, like America is the best country in the world, we celebrate it for X, Y, and Z reason, and we show our support by doing X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z thing. And, like, so you just, like, get used to it. And people are so religious, too, so people are always saying, God bless America. And I used to have, um, I actually still do because it's amazing. I had a red and gray sweatshirt that said, God bless America, with a big eagle on it. Mm -hmm. That was fun. (laughs) Did you have other items that uh, follow that uh, theme? Um, I had a red, white, and blue pair of, like, um bell-bottom, really, like, fun, like, beach pants, which I still have, um, and... And now, now you're in England, like, is there something almost, like, nostalgic about wearing those colors? Yeah, uh, sort of, I kind of feel like I can't, whoa, I feel like I can't wear them in England as much. I feel like if I'm American and I'm wearing, like, (laughs) a God Bless America Eagle sweatshirt here, people, I... It's hard to know. Like, it's hard to know how people... You should try it. Yeah. (laughs) You should try it because you're safe at work. Yeah. I actually have an amazing American t-shirt that I sometimes wear at work, and I love to see people's reactions. It's um, three Native American men who look quite angry. And then in, like, really Harley Davidson biker writing, it says, America, love it or give it back. Oh, <laughs> oh. Huh? so cool! <laughs> so cool. That should be the uh, the uh, antithesis to Trump's. Yeah, America, make it better again. What's weird is it was in like a redneck gas station. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's like this doesn't fit. <laughs> it was like a really like in the font is like country Americana font, and you're like, wait a minute. What are you trying to say? Like, what's going on here? Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was really unclear. But I think that's the thing about America is like those people aren't this. That is probably what those people think. Yeah. You better love it so goddamn much because if you don't love it, we got to give it back. Or like, we don't got to give it back, but you just got to love it. <laughs> we took it, so we're owning it. Yeah. Which doesn't mean isn't senseless. Yeah. It's not. It's like we stole this from someone, so now we've yeah, got to make so it our yeah. home. And hey, maybe that's exactly like why America is the way it is because we stole it. Yeah. Mm. So we feel like you always feel weird about yeah. doing something so bad, yeah. mm. and it doesn't just fade. I mean, it's, it's, everyone steals land, though. No one else acts like Americans, so I'm not really sure. England's not like that. And to conclude our interview. I asked her what she thought she was doing right. Ooh, I know the answer to that. Okay. I'm writing everything down. Like, we have so many good ideas in life, and people say so many incredible, inspiring things, and people are always doing such incredible, inspiring things. And there are amazing images and snapshots in the world, mm. and we just let them go, and we think our memory is strong and capable of, like, keeping them all, but it's just not. Mm. Like, today I walked to work, and I passed by a man 
who in his backpack pocket, you know, like where a water water bottle is supposed to go, Mm -hmm. it's mesh, and so you can see through it. And he had two small apples and some nasal spray. Oh! It was just (laughs) so sweet and so cute and so nice and, like, such a nice representation, but it would just make such a great image for something, you know? It's funny, because just the the idea of that, is that being your, like... You're the thing you need to be accessible. Apples for fuel, mainstream <laughs> yeah. congestion. So it's so much about a person. Like the, it, you immediately assume it's someone like conscientious, healthy, considerate, careful. Like timid, yeah, yeah, but careful. They, they plan their great. day. Apple sounds like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have in my bag. <laughs> the fact that they were such small apples. Aww. I just could build an entire image around this man. Yeah, and, like, I have already. It's amazing. It's amazing. And like people are doing amazing things all the time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Foncent Voices. The music intro and outro were composed and performed by An Eagle in Your Mind. This podcast was brought to you by Foncent, a handmade vegan footwear brand founded by my wife Susie and myself PJ. Our atelier is based in East London, where our shoes are completely handcrafted by a small team of veteran artisans. We really care about making beautiful, lasting products, so each year we develop only one unique model. Our 2020 release is called the Isabel, a shoe for women inspired by tap dance and ballet. It characterizes Foncen's cultural heritage, uniting classic Parisian elegance with London's modern minimalism. Have a look on foncen.com or find us on Instagram at Foncen. Take care and stay safe.